You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go! What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 137. I am one of your hosts, Rashan, aka Roro, and I am joined over Discord by Kentucky's number one Spartan. You rose through the ranks. You were number three last week. Now you're number one again. Daniel Prindle at his DT, uh, or D, at that DT, Daniel's DT. I'm on Twitter. I'm sorry, I'm fumbling through this. But I'm also joined by host of Large Popcorn and video essayist Christian Macias, who put out a video essay last week, I believe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Mm. How are you guys doing today? Down here. You're here. <laughs> I'm surviving. <laughs> I'm having um, a great day. That's good. I'm glad to hear it, Christian. And thank you, everyone in the chat, for watching live and participating with us. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search and Twitch. Just search Podcast PXN, and you will find us. The topic of the show this week is Square Enix's uh, trade deal with uh, Embracer Group. But before we get to that, got to munch on some quick bites right now. Get get our... uh, you know, taste buds tasting, I guess, <laughs> before we get to the big meal that is our topic of the show and the PXN news of the week. So let's go ahead and jump right into Quick Bites. The first Quick Bite here is Bungie Speaks Out in support of Roe v. Wade. On the Bungie blog, the developer was outspoken in its defense of the, ni- or the 1973 judgment. You can read the statement below, and I do, and I will. The statement reads, at Bungie, we believe that everyone has a right to choose their own path and that freedom is expressed across all facets of life. The leaked draft decision by the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn uh, Roe v. Wade represents a blow to freedom in America and is a direct attack on human rights. Uh, By creating a divide between those who uh, possess the fundamental right to make healthcare decisions that are right for them and those who do not possess the same, that same freedom. This decision should not become final, uh, will have far-reaching consequences that will be felt for generations across socioeconomic lines. Bungie is committed to safeguarding the freedom and privacy of its employees and providing support to all affected by this decision. And they go on to link uh, some, some ways mm. we could support uh, people. The urge unite uh, for rep- rep- reproductive and gender equity, as among a couple of others. So they not only do they have some words, but they got some actions to back it up as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. Bungie is uh, is not you know shy. They usually do stuff like this, whether it be Black Lives Matter or other trans rights stuff in in the past. So it's good to see that they're keeping up with that. And you know, because as they said in the in the thing. Um, it affects their employees, so they want to stand by it and make sure that it's a good company to work at. Um, I have four things to say. Yes, please. Mm. First of all, top of it, most important, abortion is healthcare, number one. Number two, very cool to see like someone like Roe, a Canadian, talking about something like this, right? Because this is happening in America, and like, yes. but it's still a very important issue. So Roe, thank you for putting us at the top of the show. Of course. Love you. Number three... <laughs> was also very cool to see Bungie in the replies on Twitter, like um, with people mm-hmm. like replying against against the stuff. Bungie just ruthless in the replies. <laughs> and it, was, it was very awesome to see. Yeah. Um, I loved it. And fourth, 
they are still currently the only video game company to uh, openly stand up against this. Mm-hmm. The only ones would love to. See, I would maybe. I think it would be great. I, granted, this is currently Last still time. only like. Yeah, it's yeah. the leak is like it's hasn't happened yet, right? But it's still, I think it's very important to be openly against it now before it actually happens into law, right? Because this is the only time um, protesting like would be actually effective is make sure it doesn't happen, right? So it'd be very cool to see uh, other companies openly uh, speak up against this as well. And like <clears throat> Bungie is a, a private company, so for people to say like you need to stop with the politics and all this. It's like, they're allowed to, you know, have their viewpoints, however they feel that Mm. like best suits their studio. So like, why are you responding in that way? Like they're allowed to say whatever, you know, if Bungie believes that, you know, taking a spaceship to the moon is the best course of action. And they tweet that out. Like they're allowed to do that. Like they can do whatever they want to do guys. Like, don't mm-hmm. give them hate because they have values that don't line up with someone else's values. Like, yeah, that's crazy. To me. Yeah. And also like people get it twisted too. This is the last thing I'll say about this. Like people love to say like when they think abortion, it's like only like, Oh, I don't want this baby. It goes so far beyond that, that it's like insane that these things get, um, constantly, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, conflated. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, it, again, this is why I, I thought the first thing I said, abortion is healthcare because there are many things that go on. Um, beyond just like i don't want this baby so yeah, yeah. last thing i'll say about that yeah. absolutely just wanted to shout out kurok in the chat he is here he has joined us hello kurok craft thank you for joining hello. us here on twitch and let's jump right into the next quick bite sonic prime gets a teaser netflix revealed a bunch of new animation uh prop uh animation shows that are coming to their platform later and they there's a quick little teaser for sonic prime an upcoming animated sonic show on the platform it was very short but we got a little tease of sonic doing a little run collecting mm-hmm. some rings and he got a little got a little uh, dialogue at the end uh he's voiced by devin mack i believe this is his first time voicing the character uh but i thought that was really cool he is a black va and he has done yes. some pretty cool stuff in the past total drama island is one of those uh cool things that he's done in the past which is a canadian television cartoon grew up on that loved it um and the show will have 24 episodes so i am definitely interested it does look i thought the animation looked really cool i saw mixed reactions online but i think it looks like a fun show Mm -hmm. very little obviously but i'm excited to see more i I'm a little bit Sonic'd out after Sonic 2. I didn't like Sonic 2. We all know this. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the fact that Devin is, is voicing Sonic and, like, I think he's, he's doing, like, a great job so far from what I've seen in the, in the teaser is mm-hmm. enough for me to, to want to check this out. So I will be checking it out. Definitely. Trying it out. Yeah. All right. Moving in to our next story, Hitman 3 director to lead Crisis 4. Revealed on Twitter yesterday, Hitman 3 game director at IO Interactive, Mateus uh, Enstrom will direct crisis four he's uh wasting no time to because crytek says he begins work on the new first person shooter this week quote we are happy to announce that Mateus, known for his work as game director for hitman 3 at io interactive joins the crisis family as game director for the fourth installment in the crisis franchise starting this week end quote so that's from their twitter by the way um yeah crisis four is on the way how how, how do you guys feel about uh this uh this one like do you think that's gonna are you guys excited for crisis Four? i guess i should open up with and does this change anything increase lower hype levels for anybody 
I mean, I was excited for it before, uh, just as a big Crisis fan, and I think Christian, you've you're, you've played quite a few of them, if not all of them. No, well. only the only the demos. Okay. But I love <laughs> because like I never could afford pl- like buying the actual games. But I've always wanted to because I think Crisis games like look stunningly beautiful. Um, like even still, like if you go back um, to the original like two and three, like those still look pretty dang. Three looks still pretty dang good. Um, Maybe maybe at some point I should check out the actual like what, the remasters. Yeah, uh, yeah. Remastered. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and Hitman Three was a great game. So like it was easily mm-hmm. the best Hitman game. So yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited. Easily the best Hitman game of the new trilogy. True, true. I haven't played the other ones actually. To be <laughs> oh, fair, yeah. So good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving in to our next story, The Quarry, the upcoming horror game by Massive Studios. Is that correct? Supermassive? Supermassive. Supermassive. Supermassive, the creators of Until Dawn, their new game starring Ariel Winter and Brenda Song has 186 endings. This is from, uh, I believe, IGN was the first to get this story when they did like an IGN first for the game. And here's a little quote. Those stories, as as you kind of branch through, go wide, and they start to come back in again. It's kind of like a story itself in the variation, not always just the end. We worked out 186 different endings for these characters, not just alive or dead, but a whole variation of things like what could happen to them. But the stories that can happen are massively varied. Ooh, that's exciting. for Bro, yes. <laughs> will you be playing this game? I, I actually kind of want to play this game. Not gonna <laughs> I lie. think you should. I think I will. It looks uh, it looks fun. And there's another thing that they added that I added on here with the visual filter pack. I just thought that was cool that they had different ways to kind of like Ghost of Tsushima, how they had the the different filters to make it look more like a samurai movie. They are doing mm. something similar where you can make it look like an indie horror or an, a super old slasher film. I thought that was pretty neat too. But uh, just the cast alone makes me want to try it. And the 186 endings makes it even more <laughs> enticing to me that, uh, yeah, hopefully it pays off. And it is what they say it is. Bro, I've seen your we uh, in the post show, I guess, last <laughs> last week, we went on Letterboxd and, and we're talking about movies. Bro, you have like a list of like horror movies on there. <laughs> I would say like a lot of them on there are, are scare, scarier than... Um, what is the super massive game until dawn. until dawn and until dawn like until dawn right. was like way more like there was like suspenseful moments but none of it ever felt like true horror like it was just like fun camp hmm. so okay if this is anything like that i think you it's something you could totally play if that's you know your trepidatious kind of reasoning right you, it, yeah. because it's because it's a horror movie yeah mm-hmm. i feel like some of my favorite horror movies are like the campy horror ones like um trying to think of a good example besides scream um happy death day is the most recent one that i yep. really liked so if it's anything like that it's where it has those cheap scares but it's just fun yeah I, i'm probably going to be down for it need to give more horror games a try for sure i feel like i feel like until dawn was like that too like it had like those cheap scares in there but like it was still you know relatively mild compared to other horror games yeah, yeah. like yeah it's space yeah, I'm never playing Dead Space, no. <laughs> Dead Space on Atlas, not going to happen. Um, 
Moving on to our next story, Final Fantasy 16 is nearing the end of development. Uh, quote, development on the latest title, Final Fantasy uh, 16, is in its final stages, Yoshida says in, a, in the magazine. This is a unique magazine, by the way, that we've, we got this information from, which is a, a clothing store in Japan. There's a free magazine that you, that you can get. Of course, Uniqlo is in Canada and, and the U.S. as well now. Um, but there's an upcoming collaboration with Uniqlo where they have some really cool Final Fantasy merch coming out. So they interviewed Yoshida for the magazine. He goes on to say Final Fantasy uh, 16 aims to integrate the story and the gaming experience into a single player game, unlike online, which portrays multiple players simultaneously. Final Fantasy 16 focuses on the individual. This makes the story more immersive. It's a very dense story. As an adult, I learned about society and said to myself, quote, reality is not as easy as a video game, end quote. I hope that those who once left Final Fantasy remember how exciting their passion for video games was back then, end quote. What a um, quote. What a quote. <laughs> what a quote indeed. I am definitely excited for Final Fantasy 16. Um, I loved... I, I really liked 15, is what I'll say. I don't know if I'll say I loved 15, but I really liked 15. Final Fantasy VII Remake was awesome, so I'm definitely excited for 16. And we'll get into what, what you got for me later. And uh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm playing a Final Fantasy game. Maybe I'm not. There's, there's apparently rumors, uh, and this is from GiveMeSport.com, so take that with what you will. Um, thinking, thinking that this game is going to release June 2022, which is like what? there's no Ooh. not not a not a chance. <laughs> not a wow, chance. <laughs> they better they better start advertising it. Oh, here, here, the PlayStation Co- Showcase event intro video had a sign that read Ballistea 0616. The actual intro video is set in a type of subway, including times for potential stops. Fans have taken this to mean that FF16 will be releasing on 16th June 2022. Yeah, yeah, no. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I want to throw that, like when do you guys think that, if it is in its final stages? When do you think it, it will come? W- will it be this year? Because I I don't think so. I I don't think so either. I even if it is close to being done, I can see them not wanting to release it this year. I just I don't feel like there's enough out there right now. Like they still have the summer, I guess, to to show it off. But I mm-hmm. I think they want a little bit more leading up to release, and mm-hmm. there's, there's there hasn't been that much advertisement on it right now. It, it seems like games nowadays have been taking longer and longer to develop. And uh, Final Fantasy 15 came out in 2016, November 2016. So I feel like the earliest it would be would be fall of this year. But yeah, I'm thinking be next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then again, we don't know what PlayStation has stored besides in store besides uh, God of War potentially this year, right? Oh, for That's the fall. A- yeah, that's the big that's the big one, right? So maybe mm-hmm. maybe Final Fantasy is that other thing. Who knows? But yeah. They have to let us know first. Come on, Sony. Talk mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually, I have yeah. what with what you just said, Ro, I have uh, some thoughts about that to back that up in our topic of the show as well. Ooh. Yeah. Exciting. Well, let's keep chugging along so we can get there. New York City sues Activision. Activision is back in the news again for not a very good reason. This is just tradition at this point. Activision <laughs> just wants to wants us to talk about them, so they just you know keep popping up, and we will do that. Filed by the New York City Employees Retirement System on April 26th, the suit claims that CEO Bobby Kotick 
Kotick's rush to sell Activision following accusations of workplace misconduct has negatively impacted the company's value, ultimately devaluing the stock they own. According to Axios, the the lawsuit alleges Kotick was, quote, unfit to negotiate a sale of the company, end quote, given his, quote, personal responsibility and liability for Activision's broken workplace, end quote. New York claims that the deal, that deal, Sorry, New York claims that deal not only hurt their financial holdings, but also served as a way for Kotick and other Activision directors to, quote, escape liability for their uh, egregious breaches of, uh, what is this word? Of fiduciary. Fiduciary (laughs) duty. I'm like, I've never seen that in my life. Fiduciary duty. Okay, thank you. Uh, Thanks to an action permitted by Delaware's courts of chancery, uh, New York City's city is therefore allowed to press Activision to, uh, quote, open their books and potentially expose wrongdoing, end quote. New, New York City is demanding that Activision provide numerous documents related to Microsoft deal, as well as information regarding other possible buyers, description uh, descriptions of sales talks, board memos, and more. When GameStop reached out to Activision to comment on the lawsuit, a representative said, quote, we disagree with the allegations made in this complaint and look forward to presenting our arguments in or to the court, end quote. Uh, it's also, the article also goes on to say the massive dip in revenue for, for Activision Blizzard, but it also explains that gaming in general has been down since last year as well. Um, but yeah, uh, Activision cannot catch a break, and I don't want them to. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even keep up with how many lawsuits they have currently ongoing. I hope they get more. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And, and how many of them are mainly focused around how big Bobby. of a piece of shit Bobby is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, like at this point, like I feel like it keeps getting worse and worse, and we keep learning more, worse and worse things about Bobby Kotick. But the fact that he's still there and he's still like just just chilling is like I feel like he could kill someone and he could still keep working. Yeah. And in a way, he kind of is res- in indirectly or directly responsible for yes. someone's death already. Mm-hmm. But I just, it's just like, what does this guy have to do to, to just not have his job, I guess? Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Well, hopefully the courts, when that, whenever these cases happen, like, end up deciding against him. Yes. As, as they should. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, moving on to another Activision story. Activision Blizzard has announced that Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is the next title in the franchise franchise surprising nobody especially considering that the company had previously revealed this year's call of duty would be a sequel to 2019's call of duty modern warfare reboot a new teaser dropped on twitter today or on twitter not today but (laughs) revealing the title and the logo for the sequel um and a logo it is a logo it is i i know nothing about call of duty Mm. i thought this this was already a title for a call of duty game but i guess the article says it's it's a reboot so (laughs) We're we're going back, but uh, yeah, yeah. Christian, I saw you very excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the, first of all, like the Modern Warfare series, the the OG is like one of the like the most influential trilogies games of, like of all time. 2018's reboot was I thought like a fantastic return to form of Call of Duty. It's like one of the most beloved Call of Duties of recent memory. Like I don't. I, I know the other one sold as well, but like, if you're looking back, like this is the one that like people still play. In fact, I just played it this week, and it's it's still great. Um, so yeah, I, I think there is a lot of anticipation for um, the sequel based on what they set up in in the reboot. And like, it we know it's going to be great. It's running on the Modern Warfare 2018 engine. The logo is hot. Like, it, it's going to be it's going to be a good time this year for for COD fans. 
Heck yeah. Yeah. Get some uh, Laps Cod fans back in, like maybe me and Christian. By Laps, you mean like people who didn't buy yeah. Cold War? Vanguard. or Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Vanguard. <laughs> Vanguard. Yeah. Moving in to our next story, Sands of Time remake update. And unfortunately... I mean, it's it's good and bad. It's good and bad. Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake. Uh, they have a little update for us on Twitter. The Twitter uh, account tweeted out this. Hello, Prince of Persia fans. The development of Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake, will now be led by Ubisoft Montreal, the very birthplace of the epic Sands of Time trilogy. The decision is an important step, and the team building... Sorry. The decision is an important step, and the team building upon the work achieved by Ubisoft uh, Poon and Ubisoft Mumbai uh, will now take the time they need uh, to regroup on the scope of the game to deliver you the best experience for this remake and all of an of an all-time classic when it's ready. Uh, we want to thank you all for the continuous support and patience throughout the development. Rest assured that we will update you on the progress in a future update. The dev team. Very good obviously i i said there's good and bad in here obviously the bad news is that it's going to take a take a little while longer i'm sure but the good news is it's going back to as they said the very birthplace of the epic sands of time trilogy so they know what they're doing over there hopefully and yeah we could expect a good game after this once all the delays are done dude okay i have to speak on this yes i think this is great news when i first saw this uh, i rolled my eyes and i was like you know what whatever it's delayed i don't care and it wasn't until one Tim Gettys on Kind of Funny GD. I, t- I, re- I always catch a little bit of it when I'm at work just because there's nothing to do there. So I catch a few uh, minutes of it, whatever. And Tim really changed my mind on this. He's like, this is actually great news because, um, well, first of all, you know, it going back to Ubisoft Montreal, I think, speaks for itself, right? They made the original and they're, they're working on the remake. It's going to be a great game. So even if it takes a little bit longer, it should be a, a fantastic uh, remake. So I'm very excited for that. That's, that speaks for itself. The thing that it really he really changed my mind about was um, Ubisoft, uh, Pun, and Mumbai. Um, the idea that they gave them a chance uh, on, on, like, let this newer team try it, right? And if it didn't work out, like it obviously did, they didn't ship out a, a broken product. They said, you know, okay, let's just go back. Uh, let's work on it. Let's give it to another team. They still got the experience to try, like, a big project, which I think can only help that team with whatever they work on next. So I thought that was really cool of Ubisoft to let them attempt it. Uh, mm-hmm. So shout out to Tim for changing my mind on on just this whole new story. Is uh, Poon in, in Mumbai, are they like newer studios, I guess? They were formed relatively recently, I'm assuming. Poon, I, I, I think sure. he is. At Mumbai, I'm not sure about. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I like you always hear about Ubisoft Montreal, and you're always like mm-hmm. they're making all these games, but or Ubisoft Toronto. But yeah, um, these two names are definitely a newer breed that not yeah. used to hearing. So yeah, it's cool. well. There's a there's another Ubisoft studio that I had no idea about either. In this next quick bite, sorry, bro. No, please. Uh, oh wait, sorry. The next the next quick bite. Oh, the 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 Ubisoft thing, the Ubisoft mm-hmm. planning thing. Okay, sorry. This one I didn't I didn't get the chance to look at, but exclusive Ubisoft planning massive games showcase uh, details releases for their twenty upcoming games. So yeah, go me- go for it, Christian. Yeah, yeah. So in in this uh, exclusive, uh, there's there's updates on a bunch of games we already knew about. Of course, uh, if you had an eye on Twitter, you saw s- stuff about Skull and Bones and how that's shaping out. Fortunately, it's not looking so good. You can read about that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yourself, but in here near the bottom, 
Ooh. Past Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake, there is another Prince of Persia game, unknown title. Let me read you this. A second Prince of Persia title is reportedly in the works at Ubisoft, oh, with yeah. Ubisoft Montpellier being involved in the project. This game was described as taking inspiration from Ori and will be a 2.5D game. Additional details on this title were slim, but I hope to be able to reveal more shortly. Nonetheless, it does seem that Ubisoft is actively working on a second Prince of Persia title. That is awesome, dude. Going back to like the OG OG roots of Prince of Persia with Ori inspiration, with like gorgeous 2.5D uh, art style, it's going to absolutely rock. And I think it's going to breathe a lot of uh, new life into the P.O.P. franchise. Can't wait. Uh, Ubisoft uh, Montepeller, they're the Beyond Good and Evil team, apparently. Is that right? I... You said Montepeller? Is that... Did I just... Montpellier. I butched it, sorry. That is, the, <laughs> that is like a, that's a French name. Sorry. <laughs> Are they that uh, Beyond Good and Evil? Yeah, I just Googled them and Beyond Good and Evil 2003 and they're working on Brain Beyond Man. Good and Evil 2. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Hold on. That's cool, but Ro, you said Rayman? Uh, yeah, apparently they worked on Rayman as well. Montpellier. I'm not sure which one. Yes, not Legends, sure. Origins, yep. and Rayman 2 looks like. That's all. Yeah. That's good it's news gonna, for what? That's good yeah. news. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, they they they. It looks like they chose the right studio for for that type of game. Mm-hmm. Wow, Ubisoft winning me back with this one <laughs> this one news story. I love. Turn to it see around, it. Ubisoft. Turn it around. But like this is this is what we were saying. Right? This is like what we want. Like cool yeah. new stuff like this and. Look at that. I'm already excited for a Ubisoft project just like that. So, Agreed. Moving in to our next quick bites. PlayStation is hiring an acquisition manager. PlayStation is hiring a director of corporate development to help identify acquisition opportunities and bolster its collection of first-party studios. The move mirrors a hiring advertised by Xbox last week for a manager of gaming strategy and development as both publishers seek to purchase increasing numbers of developers. As reported by Video Games Chronicle, business analyst Robert Sinero spotted the job listing. Um, that uh, they the new director will lead Sony's corporate development team, which is responsible for identifying inor- inorganic inorganic growth opportunities through acquisitions, investments, and joint ventures. End quote. Um, yeah, the acquisition wars continue. <laughs> PlayStation is drafting some people to continue in this war, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what fruits bear from this. Yeah. I'm of two minds with all these acquisitions. Like at one point, I kind of, at one side, I, I almost don't like it because it, it feels like it's almost a you know gobbling up of individuality and and kind of teams being on their own, right? Uh, but it's like uh, on the on the other hand, it's it's cool to see like smaller teams get picked up and then get funded to make games that they want to be able to make, right? Like we know Microsoft is is going to be doing that with like the teams that they've acquired, right? To like fund that those kinds of games, right? And, and PlayStation, of course, with their own first-party studios, usually has like a lot of belief in and what that team wants to make. So, yeah, like you said, bro, we'll see you with, what. What would you say? What fruit it bears? What fruit it bears? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, and like like my earlier comment of teasing for the topic of the show, I have thoughts on this as well, tying into the topic of the show. But I think this absolutely marks the you know continuation of seeing more studios being acquired by uh, PlayStation as well as Xbox. So yeah, 
stay tuned for the topic okay. of the show. Exciting, exciting. Moving into our next story, Overwatch 2 beta changes are in the coming. Bear with me, guys, as we go through the changes for Overwatch 2. Blizzard has shared early impressions of Overwatch 2 beta and outlined what changes are coming as a result of player feedback. The biggest change is coming to support heroes, with Blizzard accepting feedback that there's much more interesting new content for tank and damage players to explore. Quote, we believe the most effective way to tackle this issue is to add exciting new support heroes to the game, end quote. Uh, Blizzard wrote that in a blog post. Um, the development team is working on updating current support heroes, though, similar to how Doomfist and Orisa received reworks. Uh, this is me talking now, which people really liked. They were super happy with the Orisa one ex- uh, in particular. Um, back to the article, which could be added to this beta, but will more than likely... Uh, be inclusions in later testing periods. Blizzard also confirmed that more brand new heroes will be joining Sojourn ahead of official PvP launch alongside more maps and features. The beta's UI, including menus, player profiles, and so on, will also receive, quote, a significant amount of overhaul polish and refinement, uh, end quote, ahead of the full release. Um, The refresh scoreboard, which removed both the fire and metal systems from Overwatch 1 and presented stats more traditionally will be staying put, but Blizzard has further tweaks planned. A damage mitigated section will be added to track things like the amount of damage blocked or reduced by abilities, including Ana's Nana Boost and Baptiste Immortality Field. Um, so yeah, that's exciting that they're adding some new uh, changes for the beta itself before even the game comes out, so that's pretty neat. Um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to, to watch or partake in the beta. I watched a little bit of Kind of Funny play it. Um, but yeah, it looked like Overwatch. <laughs> that's <laughs> like Overwatch. Yeah, that's exactly what I like. I haven't seen the gameplay or anything, but like all the sentiment from people I've seen on the Internet is like, uh, this looks like Overwatch. Like people were complaining, this is literally just Overwatch. I'm like, well, that's literally that's what I already thought that it was. Like yeah. when they announced it, they were pretty clear. Like this is pretty much you know just us updating the original Overwatch, just making it you know uh, a little bit different, making changes and stuff like that, new heroes and such. But yeah, does that justify a full new game with a full retail though? Yeah, it's a totally fair point. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know if this is true, but I it may not be. But I think if you own Overwatch, you get the multiplayer updates, right? You have to pay for like the single player and those types of stuff. But like the heroes that are coming, the maps mm. that are coming. If you own Overwatch, the original Overwatch, I think you have access to Overwatch's two new PvP stuff. I think. Oh. Okay. I think, but I know that they're separate as well at the same time, right? Yeah. Like, if there's like a se- I don't know what Overwatch's usual six is. It six v six in the original Overwatch. Yes, and now it's five v five in Overwatch two. So, like, how are you separating those two modes? Like, I guess it's just Overwatch Classic and Overwatch two. I'm sure they'll have like menus and stuff, but yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not one hundred percent. Don't quote me on that. But I think if you have Overwatch, you can still play Overwatch two for free. The, the multiplayer part. Um, but yeah, like you said, Dan, it's it's pretty similar. <laughs> to the original game right now. We'll see how much these changes uh, um, impact the future, but I think the general sentiment is that it is Overwatch, and that kind of reflects the uh, the the numbers that we got on Twitch, where they have dipped 99% now uh, from what they were last week. Um, 
yeah, a huge, huge dip in uh, players watching the, the Overwatch. Of course, there were bigger streamers who were watching it, so that kind of affected it as well. So XQC and some big, big Twitch streamers were watching it. So obviously, there's going to be a lot of people watching those people. And when they stop playing it, then everybody's not really watching it as much. But at the same time, that's a, that's a big dip for people not being interested in this game just a week after. You were uh, correct, Ro. It is free if you own the original Overwatch, the PvP portion. Okay. So. Nice, uh-huh. nice, nice. That is nice. Yep. And Kurek says in the chat, uh, it's like sports video games now. Same game every year, but the roster is new. Something they can update over okay. the internet. <laughs> okay. Okay. First of all, I downloaded FIFA 22, and it plays way different than FIFA 20. And that's a <laughs> two-year right. difference, all right? <laughs> and they, I love when they update the rosters. But you're totally right, though. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into our, uh, well, not our final quick bite, but the next one. Clippy is coming to Halo Infinite. Let's go. He's coming as, I believe, a uh, a lot of things. He's coming as a nameplate. He's coming as a Ooh. one of those chains. That, what do you call those, Dan? The little things that are ornaments that you can put on your gun? Yeah, it's a weapon uh ornament i think a charm i think is what they call it you're right yes yes yeah a little weapon charm i don't think there's anything else but he's he's coming he's coming in in a small way but he's coming so i'm happy for clippy good for him he's still making waves out there even if they're small ones i'm happy that clippy gets to play halo infinite (laughs) damn i'm gonna play i'm gonna start playing halo infinite now (laughs) just for clippy just just, or just despite dan Dan. Oh my god! Um, but before we get to street meet, Christian, do you have some something to say mm. about some indies uh, this week? Yeah, yeah. There's some, some new indies coming out this week. Uh, of course, Loot River already released last year, but it's coming to Game Pass. So you can, as of yesterday, you can get Loot River on, on Game Pass, which I think is neat. Very cool roguelite game. Um, that game still looks so fantastic. I haven't played it yet, Ro. I know you downloaded it. Yes. Um, and then two new games are uh, coming out tomorrow. Trick to Yomi uh, is one. Of course, that, that's been a lot of indie showcases. We're uh, all very excited about that one. Actually, I don't know if we're all excited, but I'm excited. Bro might be. Yes. Really excited. Okay, cool. Uh, and then Citizen Sleeper, which I think is going to be a sleeper. <laughs> a sleeper hit for people like me who are into like these like cool cerebral sci-fi games. Citizen Sleeper is a uh, indie RPG game, kind of similar, like isometric, very similar to what was the detective game that just had like a, an ultimate edition kind of come out. Hmm. Um, the detective the drunk and you meet you have a oh wait you, you meet disco your elysium? partner cute disco elysium thank you ro i, I was yeah. like yeah <laughs> very similar to disco elysium but like obviously this is a sci-fi setting got a very cool art style um and like leans into like just philosophical questions about like existence uh you play as a uh, cyborg decaying cyborg with a human mind struggling to survive uh, and that like instantly sold me. Like I'm very interested. So that sounds cool. The the art for the uh, the characters, um, right? Yeah, cool art. I, yeah, I, I know. I recognize the art too. I don't know the artist, but there was a game that I played last year called Bravery Network Online, and they and I believe this is the same artist, and that's really cool. So mm-hmm. that alone, pretty pretty neat. I'm excited to check that out. It's on Game Pass, so no mm-hmm. excuse not to. Um, but I, before I have we, an excuse oh yeah. not to. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <I'm so sorry. laughs> oh, damn. I mean. 
Moving into the street meet before we get to the PXN news of the week. Possible P- PlayStation Classic games have leaked for the upcoming PlayStation tier system, which I blanked on the actual name for. What are they calling this again? The PlayStation Essentials. Is there a name for all of this together? I know Spartacus was oh a code name. Oh, God. What was the, it is called? There? I think maybe it's there wasn't. PlayStation Plus, I maybe, thought. It was like maybe, a rebrand. Yeah. yeah. It might be just that. But um, yeah, I was... I was like, what is the name for this thing? But maybe there isn't a name. Is the premium PlayStation Plus Premium? Is that the one that has the classic games, or is it? I believe so. Okay, I believe you're right. Yeah. So for Uh, the PlayStation Premium tier, um, it's still called PlayStation Plus. That's the name. It's just it's just overhauled now. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Spotted by Reddit user uh, the Andrew, he found Tekken Two, Worms Armageddon, Worms World Party, and Mr. Driller for the original PlayStation, along with Ridge Racer Two for PSP have have appeared on the PSN backend. Uh, yay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. sure. When I think classic, I think Ridge Racer 2 on PSP and right. Worms World Party. <laughs> yeah, none of these games are really speaking to me, um, but I'm sure someone out there is itching to play Worms what Armageddon. Is, what is Mr. Driller? I don't know. I feel like I've heard of that one, though. Well, look at this. Mr. Driller... Is- it looks like a, looks a Connect 3, 4, whatever. Like a, it's like a Puyo Puyo Tetris sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It does look cute, but like I don't think classic when I... When I yeah. Yeah. Puyo Puyo. That's a classic. When I searched up Mr. Driller, the first thing that came up was Xbox as well. And Nintendo before I <laughs> yep. even saw a PlayStation box art. <laughs> so, yeah. a little. We'll see. We'll see how... They're really digging at the bottom of the barrel right now, but we'll see at, at some point. What a place they'll... to start. What a place to start, yeah. Technically, these are leaks. Maybe they, they have some some heavy hitters that Mr. Uh, the Ashu didn't find. But we'll have to and, wait and see. And I'm sure they do, because they already have like a you know, a decent collection now on PlayStation now. So, right. you know. Apparently, this is a big franchise. Mr. Driller Drill Land is on Nintendo Switch. Didn't oh, know. They're still cranking these out. Yeah. <laughs> huh. The more you know... <laughs> Well, we've made it. We've eaten our little quick bites. Now it's time for a little bit of a larger meal, the PXN News of the Week. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Uh, My article is loading, but the first story, there we go. The Nintendo contractors criticize culture and treatment at Nintendo. I believe we touched on this a little bit, but a little bit more has come out from IGN, from from the Kotaku article. IGN's Cat Bailey did a little bit of reporting as well and found some more stuff. And I'm reading from Game Industry because they condensed it a little bit better, but I think Cat's article is really good, and she did a little video as well on IGN that I watched, kind of summarizing everything. So you should definitely go check that out. Um, But I'm reading from games industry contractors from nintendo for nintendo of america have described a growing sense of discontent due to the disparity between how the company treats themselves and its full-time workers according to an ign report in which the outlet spoke with a dozen current and former employee sources for example the publisher is reportedly reluctant to convert and or hire full-time staffers which has resulted in no clear career path for contractors to become noa employees and led to increased turnover for contractors as well. The company itself reported a turnover of 4.7 as of last year, as full-time employees commonly stay on for years or even decades. However, sources said contractors commonly exit the company in under a year. Um, IGN IGN reports... uh, Oh, sorry, I didn't want to skip this one. This one was wild to me. One source said a death in the family forced her 
to return home partway through an interview process for a full-time position, which led uh, to an interviewer telling her she had, quote, attendance issues. IGN's report notes some past business decisions that the company made were not well-received among its staff, such as the unexpected stuttering of its red or shuttering of its Redwood City office location, which happened, I remember when that happened, and the, the infamous Nintendo Minute with Kit and Krista had to end. I was very bummed about that, but they have their own podcast now. All is well. Anyways, quote, the sense that I got was that I that a lot of people were working from home successfully. Then Nintendo closed the Redwood City office and said, none of you can stay in California. You have to move here or leave, a source told IGN. And that was just another nail in the coffin uh, of the backward, antiquated way of thinking about a company. Um... But uh, Fizeme also did a Reggie Fizeme did an interview with IGN as well. Uh, Reggie said that during his uh, tenure at the firm, uh, tenure at the firm had routinely hired contractors as full timers. He says, uh, "I've read that I've read the same stories. This division between contract and full employee and full time employee. All I can say is that this is not the culture that I left as I retired from Nintendo." That's what Reggie had to say on the IGN uh, IGN report. Um, but yeah, there's yeah. according to sure. according to Imran Khan, though, um, mm-hmm. that is not the case. Yeah, I was um, going to say some things don't line up. <laughs> time yeah, time. yeah. There, there, there's more stuff, I think, out there that I, I haven't had the time to research. Um, but yeah, I know Imran was was tweeting about this. So. Yeah, like. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, he, he did go a little bit deeper into it, but I don't think uh, him. Maybe it wasn't as. Heavy mi- as as bad, I don't know, but to say it, that it wasn't, it might have been, yeah. Well, it might have been a reference to just like the the whole like, I don't know how far back the IGN article article goes. Like it, it might have been just a reference to that article, and and like there's some overlap between when he was there and this stuff was happening. Like and then it just continued to happen after he left. So that might it might have been a reference to that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's a, a bummer to see that uh, it's it's harder and harder for the contractors to get their full time positions, and and at a company that we usually don't hear this stuff from, um, it could be that just because of their secretive nature that we don't get to hear these stories a lot because they just don't nobody reports on them as much. But these things happen no matter where you go. Um, we've seen it at PlayStation, of course, Activision Blizzard. This is definitely a different type of workplace situation. But it's still a negative one, all the same. So it's it's good to shed some light on it, um, and hopefully the contractors over there can be treated a little bit better following this. I don't see Nintendo kind of putting out a statement about it, but hopefully they they able to adjust and you know treat their workers with a little bit more uh, respect. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, sorry, Dan. No, you're you're good. Go ahead. It was crazy because we were just talking about like a small article that came out like what two weeks ago, three weeks ago about like the way Nintendo was treating its contractors, and then here we are with Cat Bailey, an incredible scoop of just getting like countings, recountings of uh, tons of contractors, which I think is st- stellar journalism. Um, I-, I need it. There's a video you said, Ro? Yeah, like, it's on going in depth. It's kind of like a condensed version of uh, of her article on IGN. Um, it's on like IGN's YouTube channel. I want to check this out because this seems like must see kind of journalism for me. I mean, especially as like a Nintendo fan, right? As, as people who want to see like the industry grow and be better, like this kind of stuff is important to see. Like, 
what are companies doing to their employers, right? Like, how are they treating them? Like, and just the disparaging, the disparate, the comparison between full timers and contractors. Like, it's it's insane how how much like contractors just don't, like don't get treated as as fairly in all in all the companies in, in the video game industry. So, sucks just, to see Nintendo being part of that as well. Yeah, I just wanted to add real quick that uh, there was a quote at the end of the video from the same person who um, mentioned the who talked about the who was told she had attendance issues uh, was also um, speaking about her experience. She didn't, she says she didn't realize she was in uh, on death Island until she left death Island. You don't really know how bad it is until you leave. Um, I'm kind of paraphrasing here because it's a, it's a long quote, but um, she loves Nintendo legend of Zelda is one of her favorite things. Um, but she, she says Nintendo seems to get away with stuff like this because they know how many people are lined up out the door to get in. So if mm. Jen leaves, they're just going to hire another Jen. And they're people willing to do it for dog scraps, and it's not okay. So she left, and she's she said she's had better experience other places, but misses Nintendo because it was Nintendo, you know? So, yeah. And this is, like, almost, like, what the industry feels like right now. And I'm going beyond like just contractors. This is what like what I've seen from people who are like um, trying to make it as like like freelancers, right? Who are like trying to enter like more of the journalism space, writing, um, especially with things going like more SEO oriented. It's like people are oh, look at look at the RGN, IGN stuff with freelancing for the news. It's like twenty bucks an article, right? For the biggest video game website like, ever, right? And they're able to get away with that because so many people are wanting to get in the door and, and like however they can and. They do it this way. You write a news article for 20 bucks. So, yeah, kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I completely echo your guys' sentiments. And, uh, yeah, as we've talked about many times on here before, like contractors uh, just need to be treated better in general. Uh, it's just, they, like you said, Christian, they don't have equal treatment to full time employees and they don't have the desire to necessarily work as hard um, for a company that may not really give a shit about them. Um, and yeah, it, it sucks. It sucks to see that. And uh, hopefully, hopefully things can improve. Um, moving into our next news story here Xbox and Bethesda 2022 showcase has been announced. This is taking place on July 12th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. What can we hope to see here, guys? It's the Summer Games Fest year. E3 is not here, so Xbox is showing up. Um, yeah, what can we expect to see here? I'm excited. What, what, do, we, what do you think, Dan? What, what are we seeing? It's, yeah, it's interesting because there's so much that we could see. Uh, obviously, I think we're going to have a Bethesda-heavy year this year just from all the projects that they have in the works right now. Obviously, with Starfield is the big one, but also Redfall from Arcane. Uh, there's the um, Machine Games uh, Indiana Jones game, which was announced, but we don't know really anything about it. Um, so interested to see if we see anything from that uh halo we there's no way we don't see something from halo whether that's the battle royale that a uh, certain affinity is working on who knows uh it's possible i guess that we see that but um we could just see like some teases about you know future content that's coming or something of that nature but the, the br would be a big uh announcement for mm -hmm. them um but yeah, uh, as far as things I would love to see, like Fable, I would love to see Fable shown mm -hmm. off from Playground. Uh, I just 
cannot wait to see like what their take is on Fable. And they've done such a phenomenal job with the Forza Horizon games. So I feel like just giving them like an open canvas, like here you go, you guys get to make whatever open world game you want to make with Fable and have at it. Like I'm, I'm excited to see what that team does with with that IP. So, um, but yeah, uh, very exciting. Uh, I don't think it'll. I mean, I think you're absolutely right that it will be Bethesda heavy. Like that's what, like, what I'm anticipating. Not to say other studios won't also be there. And the first studio that I thought of was Ninja Theory. Yes. That has three current projects, right? Uh, Dan, you and I got to see a look at one of them at the Game Awards, which is Hellblade Tenuous Saga. Um, I know it's currently set with a launch date of late 2022. There is definitely a chance we get to see like a, another trailer or some kind of um, reveal uh, with the date attached at the end of it. But what I'm hoping to see, and I, I don't know what the likelihood of this is with the team. Like, I don't know like what their team consists of right now. If they have two teams, right, working on separate games, right? But I think they do. But um, what I'm hoping to see is another look at Project Mara, which is their their horror uh, their horror game, which was shown off like a long time ago. Uh, and I'm just I'm I'm really itching for that one. So anything Ninja Theory, I would love to see. And one more that popped in my head, Obsidian, because they literally just keep cranking out games. It's insane, and uh, mm. very excited for both Avowed and uh, Outer Worlds Two, which. Outer Worlds was my game of the year from 2019. Good stuff. How likely do you... You said it might be a Bethesda-heavy year. How likely do you think we see those leaks that we talked about a little bit last week, like the Quake reboot, the the Elder Scrolls stuff, the Fallout remasters? Is that a... That would be hot. Is that a possibility? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that would, that would be hot. Yeah. I, would, <laughs> I would think... I would be willing to bet that we have a better shot of seeing the Fallout remasters than the Quake reboot because, mm-hmm. obviously, we don't know what... Uh, um, crap what's the developer's name id we don't know what id's been working on since doom eternal if that's quake reboot then i guess we could see that um but i'm thinking fallout remasters have a better shot i don't i don't know christian wait no this is this is an aside sorry anyone else on this on the remasters no okay how could i forget with a new arcane game coming out this year that we've only seen once and it was a cinematic trailer yeah. we're totally gonna get another look uh, gameplay of uh redfall most definitely absolutely what about uh what was that other game i don't think it was specifically contraband that wasn't uh, anything yes. what was that Who avalanche was that, that was avalanche okay yeah the just cause creators uh which it, the premise of it sounds really cool, like a four-player co-op heist game. Uh, sounds very interesting. I'm, I'm intrigued to see more from that game, but obviously we just got kind of a cool teaser. Yeah, from it. cinematic thing. Yeah. Oh, what about that Indiana Jones game? Yes, from Machine yeah. Games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look at look at this man. Exciting. Like a, a few years ago, <laughs> people saying Xbox has no games, and look at them now. With one announcement of like, oh, you know, there's a showcase in in the summer. We can't even decide what we think is going to be there. <laughs> there's so many and, options that we can pop up. There's, I'm sure, there's games that aren't even announced that we don't even That's know right. about. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. It's like exciting stuff. We can look forward to that on July 12th, 1 p.m. Eastern. We hope to be possibly live reacting to it, right, Dan? Hopefully. Yes, if we can get, that, get get some people, if we can get someone to host it, because I will be in Florida. 
Right. Okay. So I'll have to connect with my iPad or something because right. my internet there is probably not going to be good enough to to stream. Yes. Well, we'll keep you guys posted, and we might, we may or may not be live reacting to that. Um. But moving it before we get to what you got for me, quick, uh, fantasy critic draft check in. Yes, you guessed it. Dan is still leading. But Christian is not far behind with 60 points. Um, Trek of Yomi is releasing tomorrow, and that is one of Christian's games. Probably going to be a really good one. I, 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 I suspect you'll get some uh, a lot of points for that one. Following I'm a little that, nervous. But a little yeah. nervous? Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's, that's exciting then. Um, next is, uh, after that is Mario Strikers for me, Cuphead for uh, the Delicious Laugh course for Christian, and... Um, Following that will be Dan with Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak, the new DLC, I believe. Or damn, dude. I feel like no matter what I do, I can't catch up to this guy. No. He picked some great games. I picked up uh, two more games last week. I picked up Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and River City Girls 2. Nice. So we'll see how those do for me this year. Trek to Yummy um, is 12 hours away from reviews hitting. Exciting. Which doesn't bode well for me. I'm not going to lie to you. It doesn't bode well. No, the Just, the game know. is the game's like out the same day. You know, I grant it's an indie game; it's indie, different. But yeah. mm. oh, I see. They didn't give them much. Like enough Citizen time. Sleeper has reviews out. You know, mm. Waypoint call it one of the best games of the year. Okay, where's I'm the excited. Trek to Yomi impressions? <laughs> I need this. <laughs> All right, what you guys got for me, Christian? What you got for us? Uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of multiplayer games with friends. Like, every night we've just been hopping around between Modern Warfare, Fall Guys, Fortnite, um, stuff like that. A little bit of... Uh, yeah, those are the most, for the most part. But then, uh, one friend and I started getting really back into Rocket League recently. Uh, the extra modes are always super fun just to kind of horse around with friends. And then once they all leave, it's like, dude, you down? And we... Like, that's all we had to say. Like, you down? You, and then we go into competitive mode, and we've been playing a lot of competitive duos. So two v two, Rocket League, square up because we've only lost one game so far. It's fantastic stuff. Um, played a little bit of Wii Sports. Had to go back to the OG, see what that was like again. Still an absolute banger. Um, and then tested out Switch Sports. Can confirm volleyball is the goat of the the new games. Volleyball is absolutely fantastic. It's so hands-on with obviously all the rotating you have to do in a volleyball game that it makes for like really suspenseful like rallies back and forth way more than badminton and and tennis in my opinion the big bummer for me is that uh bowling um hasn't hit for me it doesn't it's not fun to bowl online and switch sports and you may ask why is that well you don't take turns bowling everyone bowls at the same time so it's like eight people bowling uh and you have like 15 seconds to hurry up and 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 throw your ball the ball throwing is different, and it just feels like I'm bowling, bowling by myself. I, I want to watch my friend uh, see what, how his pins are hitting, so that yeah. kind of sucks. Was volleyball in uh, um, Wii Sports? Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a new one. That's exciting. I, I haven't gotten a chance to play it, but volleyball definitely seems oh. like seems like fun. Live my haiku dreams. I, I will say, Switch Sports is almost a little bit of a grind. Like, there is, there's very little customizations options. And I mean very little. I'm surprised how little there are. And why is that? Because there's like these rotating packs of collections that you can work towards. Um, and there's like a certain amount of days before like that collection gets swapped out for something else. And so you have to play games to unlock one thing. It's like kind of random. Um, 
And, like, it kind of takes a little while. It's not too long, but, like, the bonuses you get for playing, get, like, it'll be, like, a win bonus, and you get, like, an additional six points. And you gotta reach 100 points to unlock one pack to open. If that makes sense? So, it's a little bit of a grind. Not, not a lot, but, yeah. Twitch Sports, good game. But everything stuff I don't really like. Everything's a grind nowadays. Yeah, yeah. like that, huh? <laughs> All right, I think I want to end with you, Dan, on this segment, so I'm going to go next. Um, I am playing Final Fantasy Thirteen, which is a pretty old game, but it stars Lightning. She's really cool. She has pink hair and a really cool sword. And this is a game that I've been kind of trying to play for as long as it has been out, just trying to beat it, chipping it away at very chipping away at it very slowly. But it's on. I have it on Steam, so I've been got back to it, and I think the battle system has finally clicked. And I'm really enjoying it. I know Final Fantasy 13 isn't one of those the best Final Fantasy games, but I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, I definitely have my gripes with it, especially with the exploration, which is the most famous criticism of it, where you're just like mm. walking down hallways all the time. You can definitely feel it. Even in the most open of areas, you're still such a claustrophobic space. But um, yeah, I like the characters. The gameplay is cool. But yeah, definitely some not a perfect game for sure. What's what? What's going on, Christian? Why are you laughing? Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> I can inc- I can include this as like a after topic of the show, like a fun fact, a video game okay. fun fact for me. Okay. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Daniel, yo, what you got for us? Well, first I'll cover Kirox games because he wrote okay. them in the chat here. Yes. Horizon Forbidden West, Sifu, and Elden Ring are on the back burner for him as he continues his journey with Aloy. So I wanted to sh- nice. shout that out for Kirox. Uh, nice. But moving into the games I'm playing, uh, yeah, Microsoft can go fuck themselves, as I've been alluding to this entire podcast. I've been locked out of my Microsoft account for whatever reason, and I'm not going to go through the entire story here because it's literally a book long. The guys can tell you I've sent it to them in the Twitter chat. Uh, but essentially, I got locked out of my Microsoft account, so I'm currently battling with Microsoft to get a, try to get my account back and my hundreds of games that I own on that account and thousands of dollars that I've invested in that account and t- thousands of hours that I've invested in Halo Infinite every fucking week, getting the weekly ultimate challenges, every unlock and Master Chief collection, all of that is all tied to that account, so yes. Not a very good uh, week for me thus far, uh, but yeah, Christian, you were. Uh, I mean, you say battling, but it feels like you're the only one at bat for like this. You're getting like silence. Yeah, yeah. it sucks. It's painful. It's literally the worst experience I've ever had. Like, mm-hmm. not even uh, like seven, eight, nine years ago, Microsoft's support was phenomenal. Like Xbox support was phenomenal. You could call them and they would literally fix anything. Now you can't even fucking get a hold of a live person. There is literally no way to call and talk to someone on the phone anymore with Microsoft support or Xbox support. They send you straight to the the chat portal online. If you call the number, it says, go to our website at www.whatever, and they hang up on you. And I'm just like, I I hate life. Uh, So, yeah, it's the most frustrating thing in the world right now. And uh, it seems like no one knows how to fix this issue right now. And I'm, I keep getting sent down different avenues and I'm just, you know, being thrown across the room 20 million times. So 
incredibly frustrating. Um, hopefully, <laughs> I I say this in the most optimistic way I can. Hopefully, by the next week's episode, I'll be back in my account. But I, yeah, who knows at this point? Um, but uh, to put, it's, sorry, go ahead. No, it's crazy because you were sending like. Uh, you sent like two videos of uh, your chat log and like multiple times you asked to escalate the issue to supervisor and like they were like almost not wanting to do that. And they I was said, like, I, I don't get why. They Yeah, they literally told me it's not possible to escalate the, this. There's no possibility of that. And then like five minutes down the chat, uh, finally she says, OK, I'll escalate this to my manager. That's what I asked for. <laughs> for th- it's just so yeah. frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like, the like what changed? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I mean, not giving up pretty much is what changed. Exactly. Did. Yeah. And like I found Reddit posts and Christian sent me a nice Reddit post where uh, people basically say like, you just have to keep going, keep at it at, with them. Like you basically have to keep battling with them. It's it's so absurd and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And like if if it does become to like come to the point of like, I don't know if I'm getting my account back, I don't know what I'm going to do at that point. Like, I literally don't know what I'm going to do. Like, at that point, do I, like, try to reach out to a lawyer or something for, like, small claims court or something like that? Because, like, that's thousands of dollars. Like, you cannot take away someone's time and investment that they put into that, thousands of dollars, and just be okay with, oh, yeah, just create a new account. No, that's not okay. Like... I've read horror stories of people like getting kind of wrongful locks on on PlayStation. Granted, this is like yours is like way different because it's no one did anything. They just locked it for some reason right. on PlayStation. PlayStation was like someone tried getting into my account and that locked my account or whatever. And like that account mm-hmm. is now it's permanently gone. And it's I've heard red nightmares about like PlayStation customer service like not being helpful. And so it sucks to see that you know this has been going on with, like recently with with Microsoft too. And like it seems like most companies are going web based. Like even my own work is now web based, and like it's extremely unhelpful for anything I try to do. Let me yeah. talk to someone that that usually helps me figure stuff out very quickly. Yeah, and Kirik says in the chat another reason to have physical copies. I mean that that is true, but also physical copies can't replace the time and investment I put into the Master Chief Collection, where I literally have thousands of hours into it with all my unlocks unlocked. Like there, yeah. even if you had like a, a physical version of this game, you yeah. can't. Everything the game is online, you still lose all of that if you lose your account. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. or but, games tied to your account, you know, right? You own. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, and I had easily over four hundred games that I owned from you know the last three generations of Xbox. It's yeah, it's not a good feeling at all. But to put a tiny, tiny, I just say the tiniest you know bow on this uh i did get to play four matches of the new mode in halo infinite yesterday last spartan standing with my friend's account he reached out to me on twitter because he saw my posts uh so shout out travis thank you for letting me use your account um i can also create a free account i just haven't done that yet but um i logged in and played four four matches of the new mode it's it's actually a pretty fun mode so so far from what i've played um it's like lone wolf Yes, uh, Last Spartan Standing is the name of the mode, oh, but Lone Wolves is the season, yeah. Um, 
but uh yeah it's pretty cool uh, you you're basically in a big team battle map and it's a free-for-all mode you get five lives per person um you have the circle that closes in on you similar to a battle royale like uh experience and then it has like drop pods odst drop pods that drop in the map with like power-ups and stuff like that that you can uh pick up and each time you kill someone you get xp and as you rank up or whatever um you get better weapons so it's uh, kind of com- a combination of gun game as well because like mm. you can upgrade your weapons as you go um yeah it's t- a ton of fun i played five i think i played five four i don't know i played no i played four matches i had three wins so <laughs> i came in second on uh-huh. one of them but yeah wow had had a lot of fun nice all right please phil spencer master chief <laughs> joanna dark someone help Dan, get his account back. Yes. And free Dan. Free Dan, yes. All right, we've made it to the topic of the show. The reason you're all here, the Square Enix uh, deal with Embracer Group. Um, But before we even get to that, I have a little bit of a DLC, a little add-on here before we get to that part, which is the Balan Wonderworld director, Yuji Naka, filed a lawsuit against Square for uh, being removed from the Balan Wonderworld uh, project. So Balan Wonderworld was a disappointing game for most, especially for for game director Yuji Naka, the creator of Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, Naka has taken to Twitter to reveal that not only was he removed as director of Balan Wonderworld about half a year before the release in March of 2021, but he has also filed a lawsuit against the game's publisher, Square Enix, for doing so. He says that uh, now the proceedings are over, he is free to talk about it. Obviously, this was written in Japanese, but it was translated by a Twitter user, uh, CheeseMeister3K. So thank you, CheeseMeister. According to Naka, this is why he was removed. First, when a YouTuber's arranged piano performance of the game's music was released in the promotion instead of the original game track, turning the composer of the original game music into a ghostwriter, he insisted that the original track be released, and apparently this caused some trouble. Secondly, according to court documents, Neto Oshima told producer Nish... Uh, Fujimoto, that the relationship with Zest was ruined due to comments uh, Naka made wanting to improve the game in the face of Zest submitting the game without fixing any bugs. Uh, Yuji Naka says, myself, says he is truly uh, sorry to customers who brought Balan Wonderworld in the unfinished state. From this point onward, I will be able to react to posts tagging me or uh, directed only toward me on SNS and such. Um, I believe that when making games, asking for fixes in in order to make something good should be given. And if if that's not possible, it should be talked over. But it's not. It looks uh, like they can't. I don't think they value games. He's talking about Square, by the way. I don't think they value games. I personally regret that Val and Wonderworld was released to the world in an unfinished state. I wanted to consider all kinds of things and release it as a proper action games. Again, I don't think Square Enix or RZS value games or their fans. So Naka was not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think one of, which I heard on another podcast, I don't think the main criticism about Balan Wonderworld that it was unfinished, more, <laughs> more so some other things. But it is interesting that it released in such a way and Yuji Naka wasn't even really a part of it. And it was be- not because he did a bad job, but because of just some, some drama that was going mm-hmm. on behind the scenes. So that's that's why he he was removed. And, or, and I saw 
I saw that when he was removed, Naka knew the game. Not Naka, sorry. Square knew the game was like had issues and that mm-hmm. it was unfinished, and still released it anyway, released which is it. the most insane part of it, but the like, not very surprising part. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to add that on there because it kind of paints a a picture of how Square might be seeing their titles, especially in the West, um, their titles uh, as we continue to talk about yeah. this story. Um, so the very first one here is Square Enix sells Western Studios to Embrace Her Group uh, for three million. To yeah, just three, just three million. Three hundred. <laughs> oh, no, three hundred million. million yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, even that would that would be even worse. <laughs> but uh, three hundred million. Thank you for the correction. That would that that's a huge difference. Um, so I'm reading from IGN. Square Enix has shared some of its reasoning behind the decision to sell to Square Enix. I. Uh, the decision to sell Square uh, to sell Crystal Dynamics, Idos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal to Embrace Group, saying that the transaction will allow the company to invest more into blockchain AI and the cloud. So <laughs> that's interesting as well. But this uh, this they sold a bunch of things like Tomb Raider, their IP, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Legacy of Kane, Thief, um, Gex. Like there's there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of IP that come with this uh, uh, this acquisition from uh, Embracer Group. So yeah, the, the, what I want to know most from you guys is what do you guys think about this acquisition? Do you think I wrote here 3.6 billion is what Sony paid for Bungie, and that wasn't even including Destiny? Embracer Group also bought Gearbox a little while ago for 1.3 billion, and that came with Borderlands. But they're getting all the games that I listed, the talent, the studios are getting a lot for a lot, a lot less from what others have paid. Obviously, mm-hmm. all deals are a little bit different, but I just thought that was like really low compared compared to what we saw. This what is, we've seen. This is comparable to the steal that was Insomniac's acquisition by PlayStation, mm-hmm. which uh, was a little bit. It was like two thirty, two forty million, just a little bit less than, than this. But this is like Insomniac is like one studio. This is like multiple. This is a this is huge. Yeah. Yeah, it, like Embracer itself now is insanely huge. Like they're I think they're what like 15,000 employees now or something crazy. Like people were talking about the acquisition of Activision for Microsoft like if that acquisition wasn't happening right now I I fully think Microsoft would have been going after them especially since Crystal Dynamics is helping uh co-develop Perfect Dark with the initiative so like obviously that's a perfect fit for that studio um but obviously with them still waiting on the whole uh whether Activision's going to be approved or not um by the FTC uh, it's gonna it, it's it's interesting and embracer group you know jumped on the opportunity to to grab them for 300 million and it is a steal like what you're saying Ro, is totally true it is a complete steal and christian uh but and also the interesting thing is is as i alluded to before guys yeah i think it's such yeah. a cheap deal because I think Square Enix and I, I kind of stole this from other people's ideas I saw on the Internet. So don't take this as mine. Uh, I didn't come up with this, but like uh, they were selling off properties to try to make themselves more appealable to or appealing. Sorry, not appealable, <laughs> appealing to be acquired. So I think that mm. Sony now looks at Square Enix and they're like, hey, they're way more affordable now than what they were before they made this deal with Embracer Group. So they can say, hey, 
we can buy Square Enix now and make them part of uh, Sony First Party, and uh, mm. that makes a lot of sense with their Japanese studios. Yeah. Hmm. That is something I hadn't thought of. Okay. Yeah, that is interesting because the, all, all the Square Enix games that I associate with PlayStation are all Japanese ones. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like getting rid of all the Western ones. Like, you guys can have this for $300 million. <laughs> Let's go with PlayStation now and bring what we've always brought to them. Yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. That, that's an interesting way to look at it. And I, I saw that what you added here, Christian or, or Dan, uh, about the NFT stuff. And, and yeah, I did yeah. see that. <laughs> like, I, I asked, I wrote here in the docs, do you think the NFT venture will be successful? And later on, I saw that the, the market went dipped 92%, I believe. Yeah, sales of NFTs have declined 92% since their peak last year. And there's a lot more stuff besides that. But it seems and like a very sh- interesting, yeah. And an extraordinary drop of active wallets, 88% mm. since November. So way less uh, people interacting. In that yeah. yeah, so we'll, we'll see <laughs> what comes of the, the NFT stuff with, with Square. Um, but yeah, but that coupled with what Dan just explained, maybe it's not such mm. a, a bad idea for them. Um, I mean, that's, that's, if, that's, that's, a, that's if they were actually, that's if that's what they wanted to do, right? Yeah, right like, yeah. I, I'm not fully convinced that is what they want, wanted yeah. to do. Because considering like they, they were wanting to get into NFTs beforehand, before sure. like like it's not the yeah. So yeah. I'm not entirely convinced. It makes sense now, especially now with the NFT um, market crashing, uh, to be like, well, this isn't really working out the way we hoped it would. What about an yeah? What about selling now? That could certainly be the case. But yeah, insane. What an insane year for like acquisition of <laughs> this period. Yeah. yeah, very much. Pretty nuts. I I. Uh, you did mention this, Dan, but I just want to reiterate that Crystal Dynamics will continue to co-develop Perfect Dark, the Perfect Dark reboot, um, with oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the studio's name. The again. Initiative. The Initiative. Thank yep. you. Um, yeah, so that's that's going to continue. Um, we don't know how that how much that'll affect the move will affect it, but they are going to continue helping out. Um, but yeah, do you think this acquisition is good? bad for the studios involved do you think the future for those studios are is is in better hands with embracer i i I can't even think of some recent embracer i mean there's a lot of embracer games technically tiny tina tiny tiny tina's wonderland yeah yeah um but yeah do you think these these guys are in good hands with embracer or is it too too early to tell maybe yeah i don't know like the problem is embracer kind of came out of nowhere i feel like because they started acquiring a bunch of thq's properties that they had and um uh, i believe they own deep silver as well which is a publisher uh label that that's under them so um i believe they even published uh uh, what's the name the zombie game zombie you dead no uh (laughs) wow i'm blanking on it i played it with gage and uh dead or not dead or not a zombie game no the parkour (laughs) one gosh dying light dying Dying light too sorry yes i had a complete brain shutdown there uh (laughs) but yeah like I, I think Embracer is such a large company now, as we just talked about. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think we'll have to see like what this means for them. Like, obviously, Square had already announced that Crystal Dynamics was working on a new Tomb Raider game, uh, as well as co-developing Perfect Dark. So, um, that's already a good track for them. I feel like. Um, hmm. But as far as uh, you know, Idos, uh, Idos Montreal. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Who That's where knows? I was going. 
Yeah, the question for me is is not Square's developed games, but Square's published games. And like this article says, the company's overseas studios will continue to publish franchises such as Just Cause, or Outriders, and Life is Strange, which is, which is great for those franchises, right? But like the question is, what about um, games uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy is the, the big one, right? Yes. Um, that came out to like not super critical acclaim, but like it was still like a, a beloved game. People really enjoyed it. They were, they want more out of it because it was like one of the it won I think it won a game award for like best narrative or like best writing. One of those two. Uh, people want more out of that, and yet Square saw that as a disappointment, right? Because all their games were disappointment to them. Apparently. <laughs> so, like, what is that going to mean for their publishing side? Like for game for games like that, I that is going to be the question. How how was Tomb Raider a freaking failure, Christian? Like they said that they told us numerous times that it was. No, I'm sorry, I'm not. <laughs> attack, I was like asking you, like how is how is that a failure? It was sold like 39 million for just the reboot series. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Sorry, bro. No, I was just gonna say, I, I like you were saying, them. They, I think they released their 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 recent numbers for Tomb Raider, right? The yeah. I don't know if that's what you're referencing. The 38 million for for the reboot trilogy and 88 million lifetime uh, for the entire franchise. But yes, Tomb Raider was great. The reboot was awesome, mm-hmm. but they, as you said, saw it as a disappointment. Some actual disappointments would be Babylon's Fall that came out, yes. Balan Wonderworld, I guess, which was not super great. Avengers, like these are, I mean, not perform. I, I think a lot of people actually bought that game, but the way it performed, disappointing. Right? As a live service, yeah, probably yeah. disappointing. Yeah, but as selling, it might Maybe have been not. somewhat profitable or, or near it. I don't know. Yeah, Got, they had a lot of cosmetics in that game. Granted, that is like a huge franchise to like, right. you know, of the Avengers. So yeah, yeah. Maybe let uh, Idos Montreal make an Avengers game, you know, in the in the tone or not in the tone of yeah. Guardians, but yeah, that style of game. Yeah, I'd play That'd it. Really oh cool. yeah, and they could even use the same characters, like just not a mm. not a live service game. Just do it in that world, mm-hmm. and yeah. just use Kamala. Use yeah, everybody that they already have. They don't have to start over. Just maybe just don't do exactly what they did already. <laughs> right. Guardian Guardians uh, was great. Like yes. that was like that game had that game had heart, you know. I agree. Yeah. Um, but with this, whether it be good, whether it be bad, what do you hope to see from this? What, you, what are there any IPs that you hope resurface because of this Gex. this purchase? Gex. <laughs> um, we joke, but like, will Gex ever come back? You know. Well, it's I guess it's it's possible now. <laughs> um, but yeah, is is there anything besides Gex? Maybe Gex is the one that you guys want to see. I is think- there any IP? I think, catalog. I think you talked about this row on your Twitter uh, about sleeping dogs and oh, yeah. there's still, oh, my God. I think there's still some uncertainty on where like that lies right now. Right? Like we don't even know who owns that right now. And mm. it's crazy. Cause it's a great freaking game. Like why did we not get a sequel to that? That's such a good game. For a shame. Yes. I would love that. Oh man. I doubt it'll happen, but I would I would love that so much. <laughs> I know Legacy of Kane is another people are, are hoping to see resurface. I, I personally haven't played mm. that game, but I know that it's a pretty beloved franchise, so hopefully that gets some love too. Um but yeah, I think I'm more excited for just things that we already know are coming, like the Tomb Raider stuff. Yeah. Definitely excited to see that in the future. But yeah, as as for dormant IPs, I think Sleeping Dogs is the only one that I'm super pumped for maybe that's a, that's a that's still great pull though maybe deus ex but right yeah i doubt yeah i doubt at this point yeah mm. i don't think anyone's very optimistic about De- a deus ex return sadly true 
Well, Christian. Yes. This what? is it. We've reached the end. Oh, that's that's the end. That's the end. Okay. <laughs> I want to know what your video game. If, you, if you've stuck around this far, yeah, it's time for my my video game fun fact. Um, for context, uh, you know, Ro was talking about Final Fantasy um, uh, thirteen. He was talking about lightning. Of course, I know lightning because I, I I have to know. Like, if there's a cute girl in a video game, like I have to I have to know. So lightning was a name that I I knew, and so I was like, I'm gonna look at pictures of lightning while Ro talks because sure I can do that. <laughs> And as I'm looking at this, I, I am hit with this, this fun fact that I saw on TikTok this week, and I, I, that's when I started laughing. So, did you know, in Near Automata, there are more pixels on 2B's ass than there is in the entirety of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time? The entirety. Know. Wow. Yeah. You could play the entire yeah. game on, your, on 2B's butt. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I would. <laughs> What a, what, a de- what a delicious pixel. <laughs> oh my goodness. They spent extra time on, on TVs, but I, I know. I, know I joke. I joke, right? Like, first of all, it is a phenomenal ass. 2 is fantastic. But like, <laughs> I, I, want, I want everyone to know, like, I don't like that game because I'm horny. That's just, that's just a byproduct. It's just a good game. That's just yeah. a byproduct. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah, a lot of philosophical inquiry that, like, really fascinates me in that game. It's just a, it's just a bonus that 2 is cute. Yeah, absolutely. But yes. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Christian, for that little uh, uh, you fun fact. <laughs> next week's host, Gage, Dan, tune in next week to find out. Thank you, everyone, again, for watching and joining us live on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, as well as podcast I don't think we're on Twitter anymore, actually. As well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Gage. I'm Roshan, and this has been Podcast PXN. Later will be greater. Much love. And keep on playing Near Automata, please. <laughs>